0: Are you ready to know your worth and identity in the body of Christ? Are you ready for kingdom conversations with kingdom people? Welcome to the Recovery to Recovered podcast. I'm your host, Caleb McCall, and I will be guiding you through the word with preaching and teaching and empower you to know who you are in Christ Jesus. We're going to go ahead and dive right into the word. If you got your Bibles, would you turn over to John chapter 2, and we will start in verse 1. John chapter 2, and we will start in verse 1. The title to my message today is Pull into your day what was meant for another. Let me say that again. Pull into your day what was actually meant for another. John chapter 2. It's finna get crazy in here. <laughs> Jasper finna run a lap. <laughs> On the third day There was a wedding in Cana of Galilee. And the mother, the mother of Jesus was there. Yes, let's stand for the reading of God's word. I apologize. And the mother of Jesus was there, and both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. When the the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said, they have no wine. Anybody ever ran out of something and feel like you ain't got no wine left? You got no gas. You got nothing left in the tank. And Jesus said to her, woman, what does this have to do with us? My hour has not yet come. Next verse. His mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. Now there were six stone water pots set there for the Jewish, Jewish custom of purification. Ah. Jesus takes the water that was purification and he's fixing to turn it into wine. That heavenly wine will purify you. Containing 20 or 30 gallons each, Jesus said to them, fill the water pots with water. So they filled them up to the brim. Anybody need to be filled up to the brim this morning? Come on. And he said to them, draw some out now and take it to the head waiter. So they took it to the head waiter. They tasted the water which had become wine and did not know where it came from. But the servants who had drawn the water knew. And the head waiter called the bridegroom and said to him, Every man serves the good wine first. And when people have drunk freely, then he serves the poor wine. But you have kept the good wine until now. Hmm. this was the beginning of the signs that Jesus did in Canaan of Galilee and he manifested his glory and his disciples believed in him father over the next couple of moments I pray that you would anoint me to preach your word that God you would illuminate my mind that I would speak, speak under the unction and the power of the Holy Spirit of God Help me today. Let the seed fall on good soil today as I try to articulate what it is that you're wanting to say to your people. It's in the name of Jesus that I pray and the church said amen. Y'all ready? Touch your neighbor, say get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. We going. It's going down, it's going down. So I want to talk to you for a little bit today from my title and that title was Pull into your day what was meant for another. And I'm going to give you the answer to that shortly. But first, I want to give a little bit of background on what it is that we're reading and what has took place and where we are at. And this is right after Jesus has defeated the devil in the wilderness in his 40-day fast, and he has been baptized by John the Baptist, and the Holy Spirit has come upon him without measure at this point, and then Jesus shows up here at the wedding. A small cameo I want to give us this morning before we even dive into me um, articulating this set of scriptures is this, quit expecting to walk in the miraculous, to walk in your assignment and purpose without overcoming an enemy in your wilderness. Stop expecting to walk in the miraculous. Stop expecting to walk in everything that God has for you. Stop expecting to walk into your assignment. Because if Jesus had to overcome enemies in the wilderness, you have to overcome enemies in the wilderness. The wilderness is not a place to complain and ask God where he's at and what's going on. And Lord Jesus, help me know the wilderness is actually a place of promotion. If you have the right heart, if you have the right spirit while you are going through that dry season, God can come in and do what only he can do and put rivers of living water in the middle of your desert or in the middle of your dry place. Come on, somebody. But the wilderness is not a place to complain. It's actually a place to overcome your enemy and rack up a victory. It's a place to overcome your enemy and rack up a victory. See, because you need victories in your life. Because what victories are is they're actually testimonies to prove to you that God is with you and he has not forsaken you. That God will never leave you and that he will never forsake you. See, when you rack up wins and when you rack up testimonies and when you you begin to operate in these type of things, it is actually a reminder to you that God is with you. See, the Bible says that David at one point in his life had to encourage himself in the Lord. Well, how did David encourage himself in the Lord? Let me help us this morning. What he did is that he looked back on all the times that God was with him. Y'all ain't saying no thing this morning. He looked back when he was on the back end of a desert when nobody was paying attention to him, when he was killing off bears and lions as they was coming after the sheep. He looked back on the time that he had defeated a nine-foot tall giant and lopped off his head and knocked him out with a rock. Come on, somebody. What victories is it that God is needing you to remember this morning and encourage yourself in the Lord. We need victories in the kingdom of God. Stop complaining about the test that you're having to run through. Stop complaining about the trial that you're having to run through. God is using it to establish something in you. Bible says that David encouraged himself in the Lord. Embrace your wilderness, watch this, so that you can walk in your miracle. Embrace your wilderness so that you can walk in your miracle. Jesus had to embrace the wilderness because as soon as he stepped out of the wilderness, it was time for the miracles. Y'all ain't saying nothing this morning. When you step out of your wilderness, when you step out of the sickness, when you step out of the divorce, come on somebody, when you step out of the dry season, when you step out of the bankruptcy, y'all ain't saying nothing, when you step out of the trial and the tribulation that it is that God has you walking through, he will use that situation for his goodness, for his glory. The reason I say that about miracles is because these, this is Jesus' first miracle. This is the first time that Jesus displays his glory in the earth. And he begins in this moment to display that he is the son of the living God, that he is the Messiah. The Bible says in verse 1, and it mentions here, that was on the third day. It says it was on the third day go back to that scripture real quick. It says it was on the third day. It says it was on the third day. My Bible doesn't have an idle word in it. It says that it was on the third day at the wedding of Cana. And I love the word of God because if you'll study it, you'll catch all kinds of little nuggets that God just throws out, and you'll see this stuff, because it was on the third day that he worked his first miracle, and it was also on the third day that he performed his greatest miracle. Some of y'all in the room, I'm about to decree something over some of y'all. Somebody going to get a breakthrough today. There's already been healing, but now we need some breakthrough. Because some of y'all in the room are on your third day, and I prophetically decree that God is fixing to step into your situation and perform a miracle. God has seen what you've been walking through for the last three days. He's seen what you've been walking through for the last three weeks. He's seen what you've been walking through for the last three months. He's seen what you've been walking through for the last three years. And deliverance is in the room today. Your miracle is in the room today. Come on, somebody. I came to tell you that Jesus is fixing to step on the scene just like he did in the wedding at Cana and perform his first miracle in your life and maybe your greatest miracle in your life. I also came to tell somebody that it feels like if it feels like you've ran out. (laughs) Hey, if you're at the wedding and it just feels like you have ran out. I came to tell you that Jesus is in the room today. I came to tell you that Jesus has stepped on the scene today. The Bible says that they ran out of wine. Has anybody in the room just ever felt like you just ran out, like you just got nothing left in the tank, like you got nothing left for God, like you got nothing left in life? You don't even know what you're doing here anymore. But I came to tell you today that Jesus is in the room. Your miracle is in the room. Your breakthrough is in the room. I declare over your life that Jesus has stepped onto the scene. And just like the individuals who didn't recognize who he was at that wedding, maybe you've just simply forgotten the God that you serve because he's still a miracle-working God. He's still the way maker. He's still a promise keeper. Come on, somebody. He is the light in the darkness because he is not a man that he should lie. And all of his promises are yes and amen in him. He's not a man that he should grow weary. His word says that he will and can can do more and abundantly all that you ask or think you haven't ran out of resources come on somebody you haven't ran out of energy come on somebody he's in you the same holy spirit that raised christ jesus from the dead is now alive in you come on somebody Look, I ain't telling you something I read out of some self-help book either. I came in here Wednesday night on an empty tank. I came in here not knowing how I was going to preach. All I did was simply ask the worship team and the leadership to pray for me. I didn't have nothing left in the tank. There was all kind of chaos breaking out at the ministry. There's a bunch of people in the church dealing with attacks of the enemy. And I've just, I just, I've been running, I've been gunning, I've been going after the kingdom of God. And I didn't know what was left in the tank. So what I'm telling you today is that I'm not telling you something that I read out of a self-help book. Because when I got to preaching uh, Wednesday night, see, something supernatural just came over me. The supernatural strength of God just came over me. The energy that I didn't think that I had came over me simply because I had a little bit of faith. that said, God, I don't care what my body feels like. I care what your word says. And your word says that I'm more than an overcomer. Your word says I'm more than a conqueror. Your word says that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Come on. Came in here drained and tapped out. But we had a Holy Ghost party. Why was we able to have a Holy Ghost party? Because he simply showed up. And when he shows up, guess what shows up into the room? Strength shows up into the room. Provision shows up into the room. The Holy Spirit of God shows up into the room. Reason why I was able, when my physical body said you ain't got nothing left son you might as well just have somebody else preach or just turn it into a prayer meeting or whatever no 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 there's this thing that I've been sipping on for about the last six years this heavenly wine that I've been sipping on for about the last six years and when my body says no you can't go no more my spirit begins to rise up and say no you got something left in the tank because I got something left in the tank I'm glad I don't depend on my own strength I'm glad I don't depend on my own wisdom I'm glad I don't Depend on my own abilities. Oh, Jesus. Is anybody thankful for the supernatural, miracle working power of God that is available? If that's you, I wish you'd give God 10 seconds of radical praise. I wish you'd stand up on your feet and give Him 10 seconds of radical praise. Come on, 10, 9, 8. Come on, come on, come on. Jesus, we thank you for your supernatural power. Strength is on the way. Provision is on the way. Healing is on the way. Your miracle is on the way today. Jesus is ready to transform your situation like he transformed that water into the wine. Why does Jesus in his first miracle transform something that is simply life-giving into something that is intoxicating? Because when Jesus turns the water into wine, it becomes both. I said when he turns the water into wine, it becomes both. It becomes both life-giving and intoxicating. It's life-giving and intoxicating. Intoxication definition is this. It's exhilarating or exciting. Oh, come on, somebody. I came to tell you today that Jesus came to take you just from not... Or Jesus came today to take you not from just surviving, not from just just making it through. He wants to take you to exhilarating and exciting. Come on, somebody. He wants to take you from just surviving to something invigorating. That Jesus is going to give you some living water. And it's going to be lively water. Come on, somebody. It's going to be intoxicating type of water. It's going to be exhilarating. It's going to be exciting. Because rolling with Jesus is anything but mediocre. Rolling with Jesus is but... Anything but boring. Jesus steps onto the scene of this party, and they've run out of the very thing that they think will bring them joy <laughs> the, he They run out of the very thing that they think is going to bring them joy at that moment and at that wedding, not knowing that the very one who breathed life into them had stepped onto the scene, the very one who has love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, all wrapped up in himself, stepped onto the scene like the son of the living God, the Messiah, their Savior, where their help comes from, where their joy comes from, where their breakthrough comes from, was all there on the scene. Somebody who's lost your joy is going to get it back today simply because he stepped on the scene. Come on, somebody. I said somebody's going to get your joy back simply because Jesus has stepped back on the scene today. Somebody who's been holding on to a substance for your joy today is going to get your joy back today. That substance has got to go. That abuse has got to go. He's performing the miracle at a marriage, which is also a representation to you today who thinks that you're going to get your joy from a relationship that it ain't happening like that baby it's only going to come from a relationship with him I came to tell somebody today that if you're leaning on a relationship for your joy you're right there is a relationship that will give you joy but there's only one relationship that will give you joy it's your relationship with your heavenly father it's the relationship with the messiah it's the relationship with your savior it's the relationship with the God who spoke this earth into existence it's a relationship with the one who loved you so much that he died for you Jesus, who am I speaking to in the house today? He has an exhilarating and exciting life for you. Stop settling for less. Stop settling for less. Jesus has an exhilarating and exciting life for you. My goodness, I used to think that my life was exhilarating and exciting before I came to Christ. But my goodness, since I've said yes to him, it has really become exhilarating and exciting. Because I don't know where God's going to send me next. I just know that I've got to follow the Holy Ghost. See, your life is a whole lot more exhilarating and exciting when you get the rush and you get the excitement. But you ain't got to worry about being put in a room for a couple of months or a year or several years and be locked up. <laughs> Some of y'all in here are looking way too excited when I'm talking about wine. Because... I'm talking about that wine that comes from the Spirit. That wine is simply a representation of the intoxication that is available to you. Let me say that again. That wine is a representation of the intoxication that is available to you, the excitement, the exhilaration that is available to you. That's what I'm talking about. That's that Acts 2 wine. That wine that brings you power and not weakness. Come on, somebody. An alcoholic is weak in his ways and in his mind. Trust me, I've been there. An alcoholic is... Weak in his ways and in his mind. He can't say no to the very thing that might be ruining in his life, marriage, or family. No, no, no. I'm talking about wine that brings a family together. Come on, somebody. That wine that needs a new wine skin. That wine that needs a new shell to carry it. Hence, you must be born again. I'm talking about that wine that gives you power over the flesh. I'm talking about that wine that gives you, that enables you to walk in the supernatural power of God. I'm talking about that wine that will actually have you speaking in tongues and prophetically decreeing to your situation that it might look this way but it's not that way come on somebody i'm talking about that wine that when you begin to do those things and operating the gifts of the spirit that folks look at you talking about they drunk over there acts two they accused them of being drunk they was getting so wild come on somebody but can I help the men in Jerusalem that day? Drunk men don't get up and preach their first sermon and 3,000 souls get added to the church in one day. Come on, somebody. I wonder, is there anybody in the room today who wants to drink from his cup like we were singing about a minute ago? I want to drink from his cup. Come on, somebody. I ain't trying to drink from the Red Solo cup or the Yeti cup that I used to before I came to Jesus. Come on. I'm talking about his cup. I'm talking about that heavenly drink. <laughs> I wonder if there's anyone in the room today that wants his wine and not some earthly wine, but some heavenly wine. You know, Jesus makes the statement towards the end of his time on earth that he will not drink of the vine again until he drinks with us with us again in heaven. Some of y'all like, hold up, wait, they drink it in heaven. Sign me up. I've been trying to get y'all saved all year, and now you're ready to sign up. <laughs> No, but seriously, that statement. And then another time that the Pharisees come to him and ask, why don't your disciples pray and fast? John the Baptist's disciples pray and fast. Our disciples pray and fast. Why don't your disciples pray and fast? And he says, no one fasts while they're with the bridegroom. Matthew 9, 15, and Jesus said to them, Can friends of the bridegroom mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them, and then they will fast. So what are you trying to say, Caleb? I ain't trying to say nothing. Jesus is trying to say something. And what he's saying is that he's went back to the Father, and we're waiting on his return. It's not a time to be festive. It's not a time to be partying and drinking. It's a time for prayer and fasting. It's a time to be preparing for the wedding feast. Of his return, it's a time to be out in the streets and the highways and the byways, inviting people to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Come on, somebody, it's not a time for drunkenness and lewdness for those people will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. Peter says, be sober, be vigilant, for your enemy goes around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He goes after the people that don't have a sober mind, because when you don't have a sober mind, you are not vigilant. You cannot look out for the woes of the enemy. It's easy to fall in a pit when you ain't in your right mind. It's easy to fall in a trap when you ain't in your right mind. It's easy to fall in darkness when you ain't in your right mind. Peter says, be vigilant. Peter says, Be sober. Why does he say that? Watch this. This is real profound. Drunk people don't make solid decisions. (laughs) Help me, Lord. How many of y'all in the church been drunk before? Just raise your hand. Just raise your hand. Some of y'all in here lying. (laughs) I done seen half of y'all before. It ain't that long ago that I got saved. How many of you made good decisions while you was out there drinking and drugging and drunk and all of that stuff? So how, how many of you made some real solid decisions in your life? That's right, none. Some of y'all thinking, no, I got a kid out of it. <laughs> God <him. laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. We got to loosen up the mood every now and then. You got to loosen up the mood every now and then. Because you see, God is just so good. Remember, we've been talking about chosen. I'm going to get back to chosen here in a couple weeks. But God works out all things for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. See, you might have made a mistake while you was drunk, but you brought a baby into the earth. And the Bible says that children are a gift from God. Y'all ain't saying, y'all got young kids in here or something? Y'all ought to be clapping on that one. You got terrible twos in the house like mine right now? Be celebrating that. Y'all don't mess me up. Y'all don't mess me up. <laughs> Back to the text and what I'm talking about. I'm almost done. I ain't even preaching long today. It's the whole point of my message, what I'm about to tell you. Watch this. Mary poured into her day what was meant for another because she had hunger for him. Oh, this is how I'm tying this all in Mother's Day. Because Mary, the mother of the son of the living God, had a hunger for her baby to step into his destiny. Look at what the Bible says there. She goes to him and says, Jesus, they have ran out of wine. It's fixing to ruin this festive party. Jesus, do something about it because I know that you can. That's why she comes to Jesus and even makes the statement. She comes to Jesus and says, Jesus, they've ran out of wine. She knows nobody else at the party can do anything about that. But she knows that the son of the living God is in the house. The one who created the grapes to even make the wine is there. The one who gave the knowledge about even making wine. The one who who created every individual that's at the party is there. She knows that. That's why Mary is saying in this moment, because if there is anyone at the party, if there's anyone on the face of the earth that knows who he is, it's her. The Bible says, That no one went into Mary, but she got pregnant by the Holy Ghost as he overshadowed her. She sat across from angels that told her what her destiny and what her purpose was. That she was found pure and she was the one that God had chosen to birth the Son of God into the earth. She was the one who knew who he was. So if anyone knew, she knows. And when she says, do whatever Jesus says, I don't believe it was out of frustration. I don't believe that her statement was out of frustration. I believe that her statement came from a place of hunger. It came from a place of hunger. It wasn't frustration like, ah, oh, just, just do whatever Jesus says. It didn't come from that type of heart. No, no, no. I believe that she had a hunger and she had a place of the prophetic. This was coming from a place of hunger and a place from the prophetic that said, no, do whatever he says to do. Because she told the servants, do whatever Jesus says. And watch that. Jesus told her, I ain't doing nothing. Oh, y'all going to get this here in just a second. He told her, I'm not doing anything. That's after that. She says, do whatever he says. How are you going to do what he says when he done told you he ain't doing anything? What is it that Jesus might not have planned to give you in this season, but if you would display some hunger, God show up in a mighty way in your situation? Because I came to tell somebody today that God responds to hunger. God responds to hunger. It'll hit you on the way out if you ain't got it right now, because y'all should be shouting way louder than you are. God responds to hunger. He told her, I'm not doing anything. But in one instant and one moment with her saying, do whatever he says, she's professing Decreeing that my son is fixing to move, my son is fixing to do the miraculous, my son is fixing to show up because I know there's a problem in the room, and he's the only one with every answer to every problem, and he's gonna answer. The Bible says, Watch this, and this is how I can prove it. The Bible says that Jesus never did anything that the Father didn't tell him to do, He never said anything that the Father never told him to say. But after he tells her a couple moments later, he says, come here, come here, bring the servants over here. Come here, come here. I want you all to go fill up them, them buckets and I want you to put water in them. And after a couple of moments, he goes and grabs them and tells them to fill the water pots and he turns them into the wine. Pay close attention to what I'm about to tell you. It's not that God changed his mind. It's that hunger to see the manifestation of himself moved his heart. It wasn't that God changed his mind in that moment. It wasn't even the time for him to start operating in his miracles and step into his assignment. But his mother, who was the one on the scene who knew who he was, had a hunger for her baby to step into his destiny. Who am I talking to this morning? If you will display some hunger, maybe you got a prodigal. But if you'll get in front of God and display some hunger for your child, display some hunger for your baby to come back. Display some hunger for God to move into your situation. Display some hunger for God to move in your bad marriage. Display some hunger for God to step into the situation with your children. For you to display some hunger for the healing that you might need. For you to display some hunger would actually move the heart of God when it might not have been time for you to get what it was that you're asking for. Y'all ain't saying nothing. It's the hunger of a mama to see her son step into his destiny that brings forth the manifestation and for Jesus to walk in his first miracle. Prodigals all across this country are coming home today. I decree it and declare it in the name of Jesus that on Mother's Day, there's going to be some mamas that are hungry enough to contend in the faith for their lost children, to contend in the faith for their lost sons, to contend in the faith for their lost daughters and prodigals are coming home. Because their, their parents are contending in the faith to walk in their destiny and purpose. I came to tell somebody that you don't have to change. You don't have to get to God to change his mind about your situation. All you need to do is display some hunger for him, which in return will move his heart toward your situation. And when his heart is moved towards your situation, miracles can start breaking out. Come on, somebody. I said miracles can start breaking out when you will display some hunger. Who am I talking to in the room? If you're sick and you need a healing, develop some hunger and get in his presence where healing is found and your miracle can manifest today. If you develop some hunger to see Jesus manifest, in your life, you can have your miracle today. If you would develop hunger for him, addiction's got to go. Come on, somebody. I said if you would develop hunger for him, addiction has to go. If you would develop hunger for him, anxiety and stress and worry and fear have to go. Fear and worry can be eradicated. The marriage can be healed. Your finances can be straightened out if you will display some hunger for the presence of God. If we in the church would begin to develop a hunger for God, we would see the blind eyes open. Come on, somebody. If we would develop a hunger in our prayer meetings for the presence and the glory of God to hit this room and to hit our lives, we would see the lame get up and walk out of wheelchairs. Come on, somebody. I'm not playing about this stuff. We serve a supernatural God. He's still a miracle-working God. Things ain't changed. All we did is change. He ain't never changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. There's nothing that can just turn him off blind eyes will be opened, the lame will walk, the sick will be healed, the demonically oppressed and possessed will be set free in this place. Signs and wonders will follow if we would begin to operate in a hunger for God. I came to tell someone that hunger moves the heart of God, and Mary pulled into her day what was actually set apart in eternity for another day, because Jesus looked at her and said, my time has not yet come come yet the heart of the father was moved in that moment and Jesus says grab me them pots I'm closing with this Jordan come play some of y'all in the room some of y'all in the room you've been asking why did it take me so long to come to Christ look at all the years that I've wasted living recklessly Look at all the damage that I've caused. Look at what I have did to my mother. Look at what I have did to my family. Look at what I've put my mama through. Look at what i put my father through. Look at what I've put my family through. And you're wondering, why did it take me so long to just get to this moment? And I came to encourage you as we look at the scripture in verse 9. Now, when the head waiter tasted the water, which had become wine and did not know where it came from, but the servants who had drawn the wine knew, the head waiter called the groom and said to him, every man serves the good wine first. And when the guests are drunk, then serves the poor wine. But you have kept the good wine until now. I came to tell you today that Jesus has saved your best days for your last days. Because the kingdom is inverted. The first shall be last and the last shall be first. Quit beating yourself up about why it took you so long to get yourself together. Why it took you so long to come into a church building. Why it took you so long to put the bottle down. Why it took you so long to get off the drugs. Why it took you so long to get where it is that God's got you. Because there's no reason for you to feel that way. Because God has saved your best for your last. You get in the good wine now because God's got a plan and I ain't talking about no Drake song. (laughs) It was God's plan for your latter years to be better than your former years. When I first came to Jesus, I would ask God, man, I've wasted 26 years. What are you going to do with me? Wasted 26 years of my life. What could you possibly do with me? can I tell you, I've been on a wild ride ever since then. You know, we talked last week about this thing on Chosen, and I've been in this in that series with Chosen. I felt the need to switch it up today. But I said that God actually predestines your plan from the, your life from the moment that you say yes to him. So let's say you're 40 years old when you say yes to him. You want to know how good that your God is? All the things that you had disqualified yourself from at one one, age one to 40 years old that God is willing and good enough to cram it all in 40 to 80 or 90 years or whenever and you're going to live your best life at the latter end of your life. Because all things work for the good of those who love God and are called according to His pers- purpose. He can intricately weave it into your situation and you might have disqualified yourself from some, from some things before you said yes to Him but He's willing to drop it all off into this new you. Why do you think he says you need a new wineskin? The old wineskin would burst because the blessings, because the calling, because the purpose, because the anointing, because the supernatural. He's all got to pack in this little bit of time frame left in your life. It was God's plan for your latter years to be greater than your former. Watch this too. I also got some good news. Jesus tells us a story of laborers in a vineyard. Anybody familiar with the parable? The story of the laborers in the vineyard. And he calls in all these workers at 9 a.m. in the morning. And then he says, I need to get some more workers. I need to get some more workers. And all throughout the day, he's bringing in more workers and he's bringing in more workers. And then at the end of the day, everyone gets paid the same wages. You know what that's saying? that the person who said yes to him on their deathbed who lived like hell for 90 years still gets the same salvation for the deacon sitting in the back taking up the offering that been serving him 50 years god is just that good he's just that gracious he's just that powerful he's just that good so i came to encourage you today don't worry about all the time that you might have wasted before you said yes to him Start sipping on this new wine and watch God accelerate your growth. Watch God accelerate your calling. Watch God accelerate your purposes. Watch God accelerate your anointing. Watch God accelerate your ministry. Watch God accelerate the business that you want to start. Watch God accelerate, accelerate, accelerate. Just start drinking on the new wine. Just start drinking on that wine that he's made. Put the other cup down and grab his wine. Because here's the thing, y'all, like, don't rush it. The good stuff's up there and we'll get there soon enough. This stuff ain't nothing compared to what you'll drink in heaven. Amen? Some of y'all are like, what? He's really talking about drinking in heaven. I don't know what it's going to be. I just know it's going to be some kind of sweet nectar. We're going to sip on it and we're going to feel good. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Back. Somebody going to send me an email to me tomorrow. I knew you wasn't saved. I knew you were still drinking. I knew you hadn't given it all up. Hey, if you're watching on live stream, you want to send me an email, let me save you the help. Just don't send it. I ain't going to read it. (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) Back to what I'm saying. Pull into your day what was saved for another through hunger. Closing with this, if you don't remember anything that I told you today, remember this that hunger for God, hunger for Jesus to manifest in your life and show up like only He can, is the only way to get Him to move on your behalf and on your situation. You might pull into your day what might have been set down the road for five years, but you can pull into your day now what God had for you five years ahead by simply displaying hunger, hunger for His presence. Hunger for his glory. Because watch this. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then all things will be added to you. So when you just seek after him, he takes care of everything else. He'll take care of the healing you need. He'll take care of the financial breakthrough that you need. He will take care of everything that you need if you would just seek him and put him first. Hunger for the presence of God will accelerate What God wants to do in your life. Pull into your day what might have been meant for another through hunger. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you. We give you honor. We give you glory. We give you praise. Jesus, I thank you for what you've done in this place today. Lord, you are so, so good. God, help us to develop a hunger for you like we have never had before. And as we develop this hunger, Lord God, may it accelerate our growth, may it accelerate our ministry, may it accelerate our business, may it accelerate our revelation and knowledge of who you are and what you've done. May our hunger for your presence bring into our day what might have been set for another day, Father God. I pray that the seed would fall on good soil, that, Lord, the seed would fall on good soil today, and that, Lord God, you would water it and you would bring forth fruit One hundredfold. Lord, as we develop a greater hunger for you in this church, let signs, miracles, wonders, gifts of the Spirit begin to flow in this house. and, And not just stay in this house, but flow from this house. Come on, somebody. I want them to flow from this house, Lord Jesus. We need you. I can't do it all on my own. This church, this body is what will make the difference. Operating in the power of the Holy Ghost. Lord, we thank you for all of these things. Forgive us in the areas we failed you. Wash us clean by the blood of your son, Jesus. Thank you for listening to the Recovery to Recover podcast. If you like what you heard today, visit be the bush ministries.com or miriamhouse.com to become a monthly partner or for more info about our ministry and what we are accomplishing for the kingdom of God. You can also follow me on Facebook at Caleb McCall or on Instagram at pastor Caleb Mac. See you next week.